Hey all, real quick before we hop into the interview, I wanted to let you know that me and Chris talked about the LA Times hit piece editorial on our Friday news podcast that you can find over on Patreon. Anyway, so I wanted to just drop this in before we got into the interview to keep you all updated and let you know that you can head over to knock.la to read more about public banking and why you should support Charter Amendment B. So the LA Times uh, last week decided to uh, publish basically a hit piece on the concept of a public bank here in LA. Uh, I found it to be an absolutely stupid essay, not just because like I agree with public bank, but just from what I understand about it, uh, the LA Times severely mishandled this. Apparently, they were channeling Jack Humphreyville and his inability to understand policy. So, uh, Chris, you've been working closely on this. Let's uh, let's lay this out. Yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and read uh, two paragraphs out of the statement that we've been working on as a response to this. It's going to be going up on the NOC um, Medium page very shortly and published in a bunch of other places. Yeah, so you can check that out at knock.la. Hell yeah. So, uh, basically, quote, in a September 20th article, Charter Amendment B is one of the most ill-conceived half-baked ballot measures in years. Vote no, which is the title of their editorial, not what we actually believe. The Los Angeles Times editorial board came down hard on behalf of the Wall Street banking establishment, offering a full-throated defense of the big bank status quo. The problem is the people in the city are no longer interested in business as usual politics. They want to see progressive reforms in the people's interest, and creating a city bank run by the people of Los Angeles is the clearest example of that. Los Angeles taxpayers currently pay Wall Street banks $170 million in fees and over $1.1 billion in interest every year. The Wall Street banks that extract wealth from Los Angeles, J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, etc., are the same ones regularly in the headlines of the LA Times, no less, reaching out-of-court settlements and paying billions of dollars in fines for perpetually defrauding the public. Basically, the LA Times is coming out and saying that these banks are the only ones that we can trust to run our finances because finances are difficult. And at the same time, the LA Times is putting out you know article after article talking about how bad these banks are. And they cite the Bank of North Dakota as uh, an example that can't be used as a model for public banking for some reason. I think that the main gist of that one is saying that North Dakota is small and therefore what works in North Dakota absolutely can't work here in LA. It's, I mean, a lot of it for me reading this article, the LA Times article, uh, just struck on the fact that like they're lying about what the Charter Amendment B passage would do. Yes. Like they seem to believe that like Charter Amendment B passes and we get a public bank the next day instead of we're allowed to figure out how we want that to look in form. We're after Charter Amendment B passes, we have to be civically engaged to make this happen. We Absolutely. have to go to the state and we have to have them change laws. We have to go to the regulators here in LA. We have to get a whole new banking license established in the state of California. This is the first step. And so literally, this is the LA Times throwing the baby and the bathwater into a crocodile-filled pool <laughs> where J.P. Morgan Chase is going to make a bunch of money. Like every six months, Wells Fargo is basically being uh, discovered to have cr- committed new forms of fraud that cost consumers hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, and then a bank that makes tens of billions of dollars a year is like, oh, we can't pay a hundred million dollar fine. Poor old us who paid our CEO, you know, five hundred million dollars the last three years. How could we ever pay a hundred million dollar fine when we made three billion dollars in de- in fraudulent charges? Like, oh my God, billionaires, stop owning media. <laughs> we see you. Yeah. So actually a really fun point to uh, point out with this is that the LA Times actually came out pretty strongly in favor of a state public bank back in April of 2017. But in the time since then, 
their ownership has changed. And now they are very vehemently against the idea of creating a public bank here in L.A. Wow, it's almost like Patrick's... Uh, Soon Xiong. Soon Xiong. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm very bad at remembering his name. Uh, but he bought the billionaire bank... Billionaire doctor, just call him that. Yeah, billionaire bo- doctor buys the, the L.A. Times, moves them to El Segundo, which he doesn't change the name to the El Segundo Times. <laughs> he still wants to pay, play off of the fame of L.A. Well, it's across the street from LAX, so... <sighs> which isn't even in the city of L.A. Yeah. Which, in like... You know, they, they, the only presence the L.A. Times, or rather, the El Segundo Times still has here in Los Angeles is a small bureau office. And it's a disgusting... It's upstairs from uh, the, uh, the last bookstore. Yeah, they still have the sign on the building that says the L.A. Times building. So they still want to play off of that fame and fortune and pretend like they're part of L.A. But it, moves like this are going to make them irrelevant. And guess what? Knock, we're here to eat their lunch. Absolutely. So uh, as you pointed out, this... Is the f- the Charter Amendment B is just genuinely is the first step in a very long process. We're going to be having to push for legislative changes through the Senate and through the Assembly, which then needs to get onto the desk of most likely Gavin Newsom, because let's be honest, he's going to be our next governor. So we're hoping that there will be legislation that gets to him next September, and then we can actually start working on like what this bank really is going to be. The voters in LA are going to get to have the public comment and input necessary to make sure that this kind of a bank that we set up is going to be exactly what it is that we want from a bank here in LA that's not going to be pumping oil out from underneath our city the way that uh, Wells Fargo and everybody else is investing in these extractive resource uh, operations. And we can make sure that it's investing in things that actually matter to us here, like giving us the ability to repave our roads, because we have so many failing roads that are so dangerous, not just for people in their cars, which causes you know thousands of dollars in damages over the yeah, every couple of years, uh, to your suspension, to your tires, to your wheels, whatever. But it's also extremely dangerous for people who are on bikes, because those potholes are way bigger when you're on a 26-inch rim and that's all you got before, you know, face meets pavement. Well, and also, like, one thing that hasn't gotten talked about too much is how much the 2008 crisis really screwed up L.A. So here in California, there's a state-level law that says if you want to enforce uh, traffic speed on a street, you have to survey the top speed of cars on that street every three years. After 2008, the city of Los Angeles was so broke because of the malfeasance of these same banks that we weren't able to do traffic surveys for nearly a decade. So when you see a guy in an Audi doing like 70 down Wilshire and wondering, hey, why isn't that cop pulling him over? It's because the cop's not legally allowed to because that douchebag's bank stole all of our money. This is like the LA Times solution to this crisis is to keep giving the money to the bank robbers who keep crashing our economy. And it really just shows their short sightedness and how fearful they actually are of a democratic and civic participation in this city. Yeah, and again, they're getting $1.1 billion in interest from us every single year. As, as Einstein said, the most powerful uh, force in the universe is compound interest, and it works both ways. Like, if we can stop paying <laughs> that interest, we save a ton of money. Absolutely. And and also worth pointing out, as you said, the because we're going to have to go through a whole bunch of different steps to get this bank authorized, one of those is going to be a, a formal recognition and, uh, you know, a, a, a process of approval through the Department of Business Oversight. 
and they're going to be checking to make sure that we're setting something up that's going to have proper capitalization, proper risk management, and everything else that is necessary for a good functional bank. Like, this is not going to be some kind of a bank like the community investment bank that was set up in, uh, what was it, 92? It was set yeah, up following the 92 riot? Yeah, it was basically just a way for, for um, the, the the city council to launder its own money. It was yeah, disgusting. It was it really was. And, it, and that was all set up as a way of trying to, like, settle some of the unruliness within the city following the riots because shit was real bad yo so this this whole idea that we've you know we cannot set up a bank because we've been bad with banking here in LA before is just preposterous this is going to be a completely different bank from the one that they're going to keep referencing with this community investment bank and it's going to be much more along the lines of something like what you see in the bank of north dakota or from the sparkhausen system out in germany like if you look into this stuff public banking really genuinely does work pretty much anywhere that is implemented and it's completely disingenuous of them to say that we can't do this here in LA and we won't be getting the right capitalization, we won't be getting the right risk mitigation, and all of these other things. We, the taxpayers, are going to get to vote on this, we're going to get to have our say on this, and make it a bank that works for us, takes our money, keeps it here in Los Angeles, and builds the stuff that we actually need. And the thing about this bank is when we're talking about what it will first be capitalized as, it's, it'll be a small bank. We're not yeah. talking about taking over like a billion dollar portfolio or the billions of dollars that we send to Wall Street. It'll be small in the tens of millions. LA has an operating budget every year of $9 billion. 9. LA County, 9. Yeah, LA County is another $12 billion on Jeez. top of that. We're not going to displace that immediately. It's going to take a few years to unrun that or to, to uh, untie our liabilities to Wall Street. But in the meantime, we're going to have a decade to build this bank. We're Absolutely. going to build it right. And that's something that really disturbs me about politics in the city and especially the L.A. Times who act like every two to four years. That's all the t- span span of time that you have to accomplish something. We should mm-hmm. be thinking in quarter centuries, in half centuries. Like we need to be thinking farther out so that we're not doing what we've done with public transportation, which is, oh man, this could cost me an election in two years, so I don't want trains. Yeah. No, no, we need to think 50 years out. And in 50 years, do you want to still be sending more money to Wells Fargo, or do you want to have a fully capitalized, functioning bank here in LA that you could do your checking at, that mm-hmm. you could do your wire transfers and direct deposits to, that will be funding your neighborhood, that will be building green infrastructure, when you imagine what you want LA to look like, is it better with Wall Street or is it better with us? Yep. Cool. So, I mean, if yeah. you if you want to build a better society, you need to be looking a lot further down the road than what the next quarter's profits are going to be, yeah. or what the next election cycle is going to bring. Yeah, you cannot like it's that that there's that ancient proverb of like you know a society benefits when men plant trees that they know they'll never be able to sit under the shade of. Yep. Uh, I mean, I'm paraphrasing that horribly, but the gist is there, and it's it's absolutely so true. Yeah, no, we've we've been sold sold short by uh, by Wall Street. They betted on they bet on us losing. Uh, they were right. They've made a killing. It's time to stop them from doing that. Welcome to the Ground Game Podcast. I'm your host, Bushido Squirrel, and today we're continuing our conversation about a public bank here in L.A. Uh, We're going to be voting on Charter Amendment B, and to talk about that today from the campaign, I've got Trinity. How are you doing today? Good, Tim. Thanks for having me. Of course. So the last time we talked, uh, Charter Amendment B wasn't even on the table. A lot of things happened between you guys going to City Hall and where we are now. So let's cover some of that ground. 
Yes. So the last time we spoke, we were building the movement. We had the municipal efforts here in Los Angeles as uh, simultaneously we're also working with the California Public Banking Alliance to create the state bill to address the legal and regulatory hurdles of the state bill. So uh, at the end of June, Council President Herb Weston called us into his office, and the city of Los Angeles as well, including the city's attorney's office, they were looking at the different hurdles that we need to lift in Los Angeles in order to create a public bank, and one of them would be to change the, the city charter. So Charter Amendment B, what it does, it, it lifts one hurdle in the city charter. It, it changes one section of the city charter to allow the city of Los Angeles to create a commercial or industrial enterprise to form a public bank. So it's a it's a low-risk vote because it doesn't cost the city any money, but it is the first crucial step that Los Angeles needs to take in order to explore the creation of socially environmentally responsible public banks. So in late June, he... Uh, that's when he informed us that this was going on ballot. And so for the last two months, we have been mobilizing, creating the coalition, because prior to that, for the last year, it's been a small, a small core group of us focused on what we needed to do, both at the municipal level and the state level, to create public banks, as, a, as well as create the narrative for socially environmentally responsible public banks. So through what our efforts here in Los Angeles, um, that language and that, that narrative for public banking has been adapted by other public banking advocacy groups across the country, from San Francisco to D.C. to New York. But now we've got two months mm-hmm. before... Los Angeles voters vote on Charter Amendment B, and it's a it's an incredible moment because we are we will be the first voters in the entire country to voice our support for a public bank. So that makes this a very hugely determinative vote for the entire national public banking movement. And what kind of support have you been getting from City Hall? Because this all kind of came very quickly. Um, as you're saying, it sort of came as a surprise you had a ballot measure. But it seems like uh, with uh, Herb Wesson and Paul Kretz especially, they're really backing this idea. Um, are you feeling like they're helping push the narrative, like they're being helpful? And what does the opposition look like at this point? Incredibly, there's been a broad-based support for for public banking from we have the support of uh, police unions, of fire unions, labor. Uh, labor unions from the LA County Federation of Labor, uh, as well as as organizations from social justice groups to environmental groups like SoCal 350, um, as well as uh, immigration rights groups. So there's been an incredible amount of support all across the board from city council unanimously supporting public banking and Charter Amendment B uh, to to labor unions and, and other organizations in Los Angeles who are really wanting to see a real alternative to Wall Street, especially since the city of Los Angeles divested from Wells Fargo uh, last year. You know, it's, it's very obvious that we need to find a real alternative to be able to hold our public finances in a way that's, that's accountable and transparent. Um, so as far as opposition goes, it's been uh, surprisingly quiet. Yeah. And uh, we have one one vocal uh, opponent, 
um, at Jack Humphreyville. Uh, he just won't go away. <laughs> like not. he he will die with the city of Los Angeles. It's you know what? Amazing. I was uh, I was with our legislative director Dave Jetty at uh, the Hollywood Chambers of Commerce meeting. It was a private meeting. Uh, the other day, uh, Dave Dave spoke about Charter Amendment B to try to solicit their endorsement of it, and Jack Humphreyville was there, and and you know he's pounding in away the same kind of false narrative that he's been pushing like, mm-hmm. about the the failed L.A. community uh, bank, which mm-hmm. wasn't actually a bank, um, as well as this being a pet project. Um, he then ended it by quoting J.P. Morgan. So it's pretty apparent where his loyalties are. But, you know, um, we've heard that there may be, you know, we've heard about certain organizations possibly jumping on to oppose, but no one has officially mm-hmm. opposed this yet. Yeah. So whether they're waiting to combat this at the state level mm-hmm. or whether they're just waiting to the very end because at the end of the day we know that we'll never we don't we won't be able to go toe to toe with them as far as dollars mm-hmm. um, so that's why we're focusing our efforts now on building and mobilizing a big coalition of organizations and volunteers and activists across the across the city from uh, the grassroots to the grass tops and uh, I want to touch on that real quick um because endorsements don't win ballot measures, obviously. Votes get you to where you want to go. Um, what does your canvassing look like, and how are you orienting the campaign? Like, what are you trying to get people to see as your message? So our focus right now with, you know, less than eight weeks to go is to focus on built-in voter bases. So we're talking the L.A. County Democratic Party that represents over two million registered Democrats in L.A. County, uh, labor unions like L.A. County Federation of Labor that represents uh, over 300 union organizations with a reach of of hundreds of thousands of union members. You know, so that is our our obvious target points, um, plus union uh, Union organizations are going to be more. Um, uh, they're going to be more. more their their i their values and are are going to be aligned with our mission for cre- uh, creating a public bank mm-hmm. and be able to address economic inequality and social justice and create a overall more democratic system for finance in Los Angeles. So we're focusing on on reaching out right now. We have a team for political outreach that is reaching out to Democratic clubs across the country trying to get on slates, um, across, not across the country, sorry, across, across the city, Democratic clubs, unions in Los Angeles, as well as political figures. Uh, uh, as So we have a political outreach team. We've got a community outreach team that's focused on getting the support of all of the grassroots organizations uh, that's going to be, you know, going to make, make up a great deal of our volunteer base as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, we have a canvassing team, our field field team, that is uh, right now working to really create events and highly visible events as well as target highly trafficked areas in Los Angeles to be able to educate people on public banking because, you know, uh, we sometimes, you know, it's 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 hard to admit that we do live in a progressive bubble. And even though we're very passionate about public banking, not many people know about it. So a big part of this campaign is being able to educate people on what a public banking is. Once you start explaining it, it becomes very intuitive. You know, you don't have to push people to, you know, hate Wall Street banks. It's just that no one's ever really envisioned an alternative to Wall Street or questioned the need for one until now. We're seeing a rise in 
in public and social consciousness about public banking and why it's it's crucial and viable. Um, so it's about really activating and educating and engaging with people. So we today just in, just just it's happening right now in in uh, at Echo Park Lake. We have uh, we worked with DSA to get uh, volunteers out there to to really engage the community on public banking. And the majority of the people who our organizers spoke to are supportive of it. So we're going to continue doing farmers markets and other highly visible, uh, tra- highly trafficked areas for throughout the duration of the next uh, two months until November 6th. And even though this is kind of an esoteric issue, like public banking and like banking policy seems like scary, like that doesn't really get me excited. uh, The sell on this isn't all that super hard. I was hoping you could talk about some of the numbers that we're looking at in terms of like how much money we send to Wall Street every year that we'd be able to save and what everyday people are sort of or what what kind of arguments you're giving to everyday people when you knock on their door. Like if you knock on my door and tell me, I should vote for Charter Amendment B. What's going to be my takeaway? So right now in the city of Los Angeles, we have a portfolio of about $9 billion. So we have billions of dollars of our taxpayer fees, uh, what we pay to the city. It sits in checking accounts and short-term investment accounts at big private Wall Street banks. And because we bank with Wall Street, private Wall Street banks, they siphon about $170 million in interest and fees. But on top of that, we spend $3.14 billion in debt services. And the um, the principle of that is uh, half of it's the principle. So then it comes to $1.12 billion that we spend uh, as far as costs on, on being able to finance infrastructure projects. So the billions of dollars that are now being siphoned from our, our city into the hands of Wall Street banks that use our tax dollars to then finance wars and private prisons and, and pipelines. What we're trying to do is cut out Wall Street as the middleman, create our own bank, our own publicly owned bank that would be accountable to the people of Los Angeles so that we can use our money for public good, so that we can use our money to finance the things we need. We are living in an affordable housing crisis right now. Private banks don't have an incentive to create affordable housing. With a public bank, we would be able to create uh, low interest construction loans. Uh, We would be able to loan out to traditionally underserved uh, areas. Mm-hmm. Um, the CLA office just came out with a report that said 600,000 people in, in Los Angeles live in, in a banking desert, which means they don't have, 600,000 people in LA County don't have access to to uh, any sort of banking service. So they use predatory lending, they use payday services, which which then prey upon them. But because they don't have access to banks, the, therefore they can't afford low, uh, they, can, they don't have access to, to low interest mortgages. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, a, a significant portion of people who don't have access to banking and are therefore, uh, they're, they're suffer financial consequences for that. So what we're doing is we're cutting out Wall Street, the middleman, and using our money our public funds to be able to invest in uh, in the long-term health of our community. Mm-hmm. So everything that we need in society needs financing, whether it's low-income housing, whether it's affordable housing or green energy infrastructure. You know, California Governor Jerry Brown just signed SB 100 to transition California to 100% energy sustainable by 2045. Now, how do we finance that transition? 
with a public bank. And we can look to Germany for that as an example. Germany has a network of public banks called Sparkhausen, and that's a network of about 400 municipally owned public banks. And through their Sparkhausen network, they were able to finance 73% of their green energy infrastructure. And so that is a, a very, you know, that makes it a, a, a very big argument for all of the state assembly members and senators, 69 of, of which obviously mostly Democrats, uh, voted in support of that SB 100. So now we have to look like at, you know, at the next step is like, how do we finance these things from low income housing to green energy uh, to small business loans in areas that have been neglected by, by private commercial banks? Um, we can be able to, we have those po- those possibilities can become a reality if we can control the source of money. Yeah. And here in LA, obviously, we're the biggest city in the state with, you know, uh, and if we look at the county, we're, you know, basically the size of a state. So we have unique desires and needs here and a lot of money with Wall Street. But this is a movement that we're seeing uh, running up and down the coast in smaller communities, too. And I was hoping you could talk about how public banking is flexible and why smaller communities are being drawn into this and also what you've seen in your work with other activists in uh, in the state of California and across the nation. Yes, so with our California Public Banking Alliance, we that was a network, uh, an alliance we created a few months back in May. Um, and as we were pursuing the public banking here in Los Angeles, we realized that other cities across the, across state of California were also pursuing public banking within their municipalities. And so we joined with the city of San Francisco and Oakland, but also smaller cities joined on board like Santa Rosa and Santa Barbara and Santa Cruz and the city of Eureka. And so what we're seeing is that um, smaller cities are teaming up to create regional centers. Uh, It would be a regional public bank that would be able to support the economic development goals of, of a certain center, smaller cities that don't have have the financial portfolio of, of, of like Los Angeles or San Francisco. For instance, Oakland partnered up with the County of Alameda, County of Alameda and Berkeley to create a regional public bank. And so Santa Rosa is looking to do that right now with, uh, with, with South Bay um, to create something similar. So we're seeing, um, we're seeing what we're trying to do at the state level is to create a network of socially and environmentally responsible banks where all of these smaller banks would be able to to have the innovation within their geographic areas to really respond to the needs of, of their local communities. Yeah, and, and to sort of remove the profit motive that might cause perverse incentives for developers to pick like bad ideas. Uh, and when we talk about the state level, uh, you mentioned that there's going to have to be some changes uh, by the legislature and the, signed off by the governor. Let's talk about what the fight will look like after Charter Amendment B, like assuming it passes, where do we go from there? What do you do with yes. your coalition? So as Charter Amendment B is going to pass, <laughs> we're, we're aiming for a landslide win, because as, as yeah. I mentioned before, this is going to be a determinative vote for the national public banking movement. So we want this to be a loud, resounding yes from the people of Los Angeles, speaking on behalf of all of the awakened people across the country that the time is now for public banking. So after Charter Amendment B passes, our next step um, is going to be p- create a business plan for Los Angeles. 
because we want to make sure that this bank is going to be economically viable. So mm -hmm. that business plan would address how a public bank would be able to create new jobs, how a public bank would be able to help with affordable housing and green energy, and uh, you know we we want to also address the governance of that. So create an economically viable business plan, but also concurrent is what we're working on right now is is getting a an author for our state bill. So we have a few co-sponsors who have signed on and where we feel pretty pretty optimistic that we have at least one or two uh, potential authors that are going to back this. Um, the We also have a, an, an actual meeting with the Department of Business Oversight about next week to actually go through the legislation so that they can kind of inform us of what needs to be, what, what, what hurdles we need to be able to address. Um, so once we have the, the sponsor and the co-sponsors in place, that bill is going to be introduced in January to, to February of 2019. Oh, wow. So, so you're mm -hmm. moving quick. Yep. And then from March to August, that bill will then move through both floors of, of the Senate and the Assembly. It will need to pass both. And so that's why we're doing, we have a legislation team uh, as part Part of California Public Banking Alliance with pro bono lawyers on board who <laughs> really is spending a lot of time looking at the the legal the, the all the legal technicalities and the codes that needs yeah. to be amended to make sure that this is going to be be able to pass both floors uh, because SB 930 which is the cannabis public banking bill just got killed on the floor on the assembly mm. floor uh, so I, I had it passed the Senate I, I can't remember yeah it passed the Senate and, mm. then, and then it got killed in the appropriations committee mm. so we're taking the lessons from that to make sure that this goes through so March to August it's going to go through the Senate assembly floor. it has to pass both and then in September it would then be on Gavin Newsom's desk to sign and um, you know quite a few of us from from the coalition have spoken to him personally and he's mm. supportive of public banking mm. It, it seems to be getting a lot of broad pickup and support, and it's, you know, surprising. It is, um, you know, today is the 10-year anniversary of the uh, start of the crash in 2008. Um, I remember that because, I like, I grew up, my dad was a, a hedge fund trader. I ran a small hedge fund of his own. It was just like a bear who always thought everyone was stupid and bet against them and made a lot of money. But uh, with, with us on the cusp of this, like, uh, uh, anniversary, or on the anniversary, rather, it's not hard to find people who see... Wall Street as bad or like banks as bad. And I was hoping you could talk a little bit about like how we're still seeing that legacy of Occupy Wall Street because those ideas have never died even though sort of the Occupy Wall Street movement has fallen out of uh, kind of the public eye. It generated a lot of energy and momentum. Yes, uh, Occupy Wall Street was was incredible in that it really brought into the forefront this whole idea of of class consciousness and the ninety nine versus one percent, and it also you know did a lot in exposing uh, what private banks were doing yeah. uh, to the masses. But there wasn't a solution, and so it was through the divestment movements that then resurrected the idea that we can actually take have use our financial power as leverage to actually create social change. Mm -hmm. And that kind of connection hasn't been really utilized probably since the apartheid era when divestment was being, uh, was being used as a tool then. So through what was happening at Standing Rock, 
I think that that was that was incredible revolutionary spark that really um, generated the conversation within the activist communities, which then pushed Kusama Sawant to divest three billion from Wells Fargo, and that was the same night that we hashtag divest LA, mm-hmm. and then pushed city council through the process of the last year and a half to look at how to decentralize our city's funds from these too big to fail banks, yeah. and whereas it started off as something that was too pie in the sky, you know, the conversation was being generated across the country. And so, you know, Los Angeles isn't fighting uh, fighting for a public bank in isolation. We're part of dozens of public banking movements, you know, 15 existing pieces of public banking legislation moving through municipalities and states across the country right now. So it's an extraordinary moment uh, that, you know, you have from from the top down, from the bottom up, um, you have this broadening consciousness about how to redefine what finance is, being able to redirect our finances to be able to fund the things we need. Whereas money and finance and banks have always been seen in such a negative light, we're completely flipping the script and, and really, you know, giving people the, the ability to dream of the possibilities. It's, it's something I find very funny, especially here in L.A. when we keep seeing uh, Mr. Musk popping up with like kind of various random ideas about like how to fix L.A. And what it points to me is the failure of our current system that we're now looking to somebody um, with like – the Hyperloop sounds kind of cool like an idea, but a, a very bad public transit thing. It seems like you were trying to open up a better opportunities for the city. And are you seeing demand for that? Like when you talk to people about public banks, are they like, oh my God, we could build X or we could yeah, do Y? absolutely. Number one on our five-point agenda is save money, mm-hmm. So, which makes this a bipartisan issue. And, and that's why we have such unanimous support in city council because mm-hmm. they, they do realize that we have the potential to save billions of dollars if we cut out Wall Street as a middleman and created our own bank. We double our investment power to be able to fund the things we need instead of borrowing billions from from private banks mm-hmm. to, to build schools and bridges and roads. We can now be able to cut our financing costs in half and, and create our are create the things that we need. Yeah. Um, and to, to step back for uh, one second, I wanted to ask about, uh, so AB 938, the uh, mar- uh, marijuana uh, bank legislation, uh, that wasn't successful for a number of reasons, but the bank that y'all are proposing wouldn't really touch that funding, but there has been a hot button issue here in LA. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about why that is such a hot button issue, like getting capturing the taxes and revenue from the marijuana industry that's going to be a multi-billion dollar industry here in LA, uh, let alone the entire state. Yes, it's, it does come down to money. <laughs> so yeah, John Chung, State Treasurer John Chung, put out a report that said that the marijuana industry is projected to grow at a faster pace than the, the, the dot-com era. So there's this kind of feeding frenzy to, to be able to bank on cannabis cash. Yeah. So, you know, we've got billions of dollars in the city of Los Angeles, as well as an even greater amount in the state of California that's now sitting in uh, as cash and that can't be taxed. 
So that's why there's there's tremendous attention and uh, urgency from from everyone from Fiona Ma to uh, Senator Bob Hertzberg uh, to be able to figure out a solution to uh, help cannabis businesses effectively enter commerce. And this is largely driven by the fact that the federal government still considers marijuana, even if it's medical or whatever, to be illegal. And so if you're taking in funds from that, you can technically get hit with RICO yes, charges as a exactly. bank. Exactly. Uh, and so what do you think this is about a national fight, like the, taking it up to another level? Because we, we this seems to be unlocking a lot of potential for us to push back against a national agenda that we as a state don't like. Yes. So well, that's the reason why we're side skirting the cannabis issue. Mm-hmm. Um, through with our with our language, we have cannabis issue uh, cannabis business under the unbanked and the underbanked category. Mm-hmm. But this first and foremost isn't a pot bank. This is a bank for the people, by the people, to be able to fund our the health of our communities and and really finance the things that we need. So that is first and foremost most important for for our our advocacy. Um, but uh, nationally, you know, I think it's going to be very difficult for us to figure out a solution for cannabis with with what's going on at the federal level. And at any point, they could technically seize the assets of the bank because because it's still a schedule a schedule one drug. So uh, I think that's. That's going to make the fight a lot more difficult, um, but we do understand that there's going to be a need for it. So that's something that that's going to be concurrent as far as figuring out how to create a bank, how to address the needs of the cannabis industry. We've got quite a few senators and assembly members who backed SB 930, that that which was just killed on the floor. So we're trying to have redirect their attention to this, the municipal and regional cities state bill that we're working on through the California Public Banking Alliance, and how we factor in cannabis is still yet to be determined. And even even outside of uh, cannabis money, you know, we, we go through these things here where LA puts together a plan for like uh, the Purple Line to go all the way out to like Westwood. And they rely on federal government funding. Those block grants may fall through. Well, they need to fill it in now with loans from Wall Street. And y'all are, are giving a good option for a city to be able to be like, no, no, we don't have to rely on your federal grants or on Wall Street. We've got a, a new way to you know, make that project happen and to finance that. So tell us a bit about the structure of what LA's public bank might look like. And I I understand a lot of this is going to be up for negotiations, but if you have kind of a broad strokes idea of what it would look like and how it would operate. It would operate as cash management management services. So it would take all of our city deposits from our, our city departments, from our city and our city departments, and and bank that money. And then it would operate as as a, an investment arm, so that we'd be able to utilize, create prudent investments in things like affordable housing. Um, but because we still need to figure out how this bank is going to be insured, but where we're looking at is a, a model similar to the Bank of North Dakota, mm-hmm. where they are backed by the full faith and credit of the residents of, of the state of North Dakota. So then, it, so the bank is run very conservatively. Mm-hmm. So most of the, many of the social benefits aren't going to be activated until that bank, our, our muni bank sees a profit. Mm-hmm. So because we don't want this bank to fail. 
And so there needs to be um, a charter that, that explicitly defines the social and environmental goals, the economic redevelopment goals. And then there needs to be a, a board that is run with the, with the highest level of ethics um, underlying its operation to make sure that it is as accountable and transparent as possible. Um, similar to the bank, uh, the Sparkhausen network, their bank is uh, over uh, the the board that oversees the bank is a combination of financial experts, um, experienced bankers, as well as members of the community. So we want to make this as democratic as possible, but also make sure that it's being run by by people who understand finance and not by politicians. So we want to be able to insulate it from out the p- political influence, which is which is something that uh, which is a concern that that many people do have. You know, we don't want politicians to use this as their pet project. So we do want to be able to insulate the bank from. From, from outside influence. So there needs to be um, mechanisms to ensure that all the lending practices are done by professionals and adheres to the the community development goals. So uh, this really isn't a project that the city of LA just like gets the bank up and running and it, it's going to do its thing. It really requires more civic engagement and, and citizen engagement than like most of these ventures. And I find that really exciting personally. Yes. So actually to loop back to you to your your question where you said where you asked about the, the next steps after Charter Amendment B. So it would be, we'd create a business plan. We're fighting for the state charter to be able to have the Department of Business Oversight create a new special class, uh, a new license, because the current existing license is the commercial license and the credit union license. So we'd create a a public banking license so that the DBO can be able to oversee its activities. Um, But after that passes, then we would Back, go back to the municipal level and fight for the charter and make sure that that charter is as ethical, accountable, transparent, socially and environmentally responsible as possible. And whether that then is goes is, is a special election and a referendum or something that's passed through city council as a resolution, we've we've yet to see. But this is this is going to be a fight that that's going to probably take us to about 2021, 22. Still, I mean, only three, four years away yeah. isn't that far in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. That seems like it's coming a lot quicker than we, we imagine. Yes, and we're going to push to make this uh, go as fast as we could. With, with Divest LA, within three months of the campaign, we got LA City Council to divest $40 million in holdings from Wells Fargo. And then six months after that, we got them to disqualify Wells Fargo. Uh, with you know $100 million cycling through Wells Fargo a day. Mm-hmm. We kind of laugh Jeez. that that's probably the biggest bank heist in history. So, <laughs> so we we are we've got a lot of fire in our bellies. We've got a lot of passionate people on board. Our entire public bank LA team is we're all it's volunteer run. Yeah. So we, there's a lot of energy and fire, and we've got a lot of national momentum right now and support from a lot of political figureheads uh, and legislators. So you know, with with the top down, bottom up energy that we're seeing with this and the momentum across the country, this can happen sooner than that. One of the uh, actions that you all did that I always found really fun, and a couple of my friends did, was when people go and pull their money out of Wells Fargo and show off, you know, the check for them, you know, pulling all of their money out and being like, I don't bank with you anymore. How can people get involved in this fight? How are people like, how do you want people to jump in? 
I'm glad you brought that up because we are right now planning something called a defund raiser. Mm. And there's a few celebrities on board. Uh, I'll say Eric Andre is one of the, ce- the celebrity comedians who have signed on to do that. I'm so afraid you're going to say like <laughs> Lena Dunham or something. <laughs> So we're we're aiming to have quite a few more celebrities join on board, and the concept of Boots Riley. Yeah. uh, So the concept of the fundraiser is to get people to call in to divest from banks, and as people pledge to divest from their bank accounts, we we have a thermometer, a climate change thermometer. So as the dollar increases, the thermometer drops as far as the effect on climate change. So we have a, it's going to be kind of a 70s kitschy show, Josh Androsky, DSA and comedian, I'm sure you know him, He he's, he's he'll be hosting. Former scarer of Nazis or famous scarer of <laughs> yes, Nazis. Yes, our resident Antifa. So he will be hosting. Uh, we'll be working with Council President Herb Wesson to set the logistics up. It's going to be done on the, set, the, the steps of LA City Hall, and this is going to be done in the, the next month or so. So keep your eyes peeled out for the defund raiser. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have some bands that uh, we're in talks to about performing there. But that's going to be, you know, the, with, with you know eight weeks to go, the more visibility rallies we have, um, is the better, and that's what we're aiming for. You know, on uh, on the back end, uh, we will be also creating roundtables with some big uh, big hitters within the political and and union organization. Nice. And and you know, for anyone listening, talk to all of your friends about it. Like, just randomly bring it up in conversation, like that, and rent control and all of this stuff. I wanted to ask as we close this out. November sixth is coming real quick. What are you hoping to see this election? Like, what do you want to, what would be a good midterms for you, like, here in the state as well as across the country? As far as numbers go? Yeah, as far as, you know, who do you want to see winning? What do you want to see passing? Are you feeling good about it? Are you feeling bad about this election? We're we're feeling good because we have the support of quite a few heavy hitters in the city who's backing this. What we're aiming for is a landslide win. The results of this ballot is going to either strengthen or quell the national public banking movement. So we need this to be a very loud, resounding message from the people of Los Angeles that this is the time for public banks. So as far as numbers go, if we can hit six, seven hundred thousand, that would yeah. be great. <laughs> that's that's what we're aiming for. I mean, our our communications, we're going to try to target at least a million within the next two months, yeah. and everything is just going to be dialed up and ramping up. And yeah. Really, you know, trying to create a blitz in the last few weeks. And, and I'm excited to see, you know, there's the flip the 14, the 14 red districts. And they seem to all be trending blue now. Um, and I'm very excited to see that and hoping we're going to send new blood who's willing to take on new innovative ideas and really push this stuff through at a national level while we're doing a lot of work here. Because California, we're almost a nation unto ourselves, just the number of people and money. Uh, but I want to say thank you very, very much for, like, taking on this fight and this incredibly uh, technocratic thing that you guys are able to bring down to, like, a personal level and get people to understand why they why they want this and how we can work towards it. Um, and I wish you the best of luck coming through in this. And, you know, Ground Game's obviously going to be pulling for you. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. Vote yes on Charter Amendment B, November 6th. Now,